Hello, pod listeners, and welcome to Fellas, Is It Gay to Read? The podcast where we're three episodes in and, uh, well, we still haven't really talked about a book. Nary a mention of a, of a page. No, read. we've no. not talked that. I mean, I mean, that's a lie. We've talked about books, but um, we've not exactly deep dived, have we, into no. a book, I must admit. Which we did promise. And... We promised today we're not going to deliver. Is that the best way to start a podcast? Probably not. Probably not, but we're doing it anyway. Um... We start with a disappointment and then we'll go in with the good thing. It's very on theme for 2020. Bad news first, good news second. Second, yeah. But the good news is good news because we have a very exciting episode for you all about Queer Christmas, how to enjoy the festive period, some film recommendations, some book recommendations, I'm sure, at some point, I hope, for the reading podcast. Yeah. For our reputation. I think we should start. Now we're beginning cosy and queer and listeners may have noticed a slight difference in the sound quality of this episode. Ooh. And that is because uh, we're actually spending Christmas together. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. We're what in the same reveal. room. Yeah, we're spending Christmas together. Yeah, do you want to talk a bit more about what we're doing? We decided to spend Christmas together, really. I don't know, I had this dream of like a queer cottage, like a queer Christmas in a cottage with like loads of chosen family and obviously COVID happened. And I think a lot of people thought that it would be over by now, but it's not. So we're spending Christmas together and it's wonderful. And it means that we don't have to faff around with our usual setup for the podcast, which is incredibly stressful, isn't it, Robin? Yeah, it's like a a phone call and Zoom and audacity and sometimes microphones and not microphones and we don't know what we're doing basically is the conclusion to that we've got like five earphones in and like muting ourselves. and i just want a britney microphone but i feel like that will add even more to the to the scenario maybe we'll just start with how how are you feeling robin about this uh 2020 christmas time i think christmas is generally cancelled. Like, we <laughs> 2020 is cancelled um and so is christmas no i think that christmas is always like such a pressure time of year yeah i think that it's been so built up it's like the pinnacle of um pristine capitalism True. and like here is a nuclear family and you're going to spend Christmas with your nuclear family. I didn't know um, what nuclear family meant for, like, literally, like, 20 years of my life. I don't know why. I was like, oh, that sounds so scary. I used to think it was <laughs> something to do with, like, the people that you ended up with when you... When, like, when... If... When the nuclear... <laughs> <laughs> when the nuclear apocalypse happens, that's who you're going to be stuck with. Amazing. Um, is that not kind of true? It is. It is true. I feel like that's like already queering nuclear families because they're like, oh, these are people I've chosen to be with. Yeah. Um, the queer the nuclear family, family is the family you choose when there's a nuclear explosion. Yeah, when it's the end of the world, it's who you've chosen, which <laughs> it kind of feels like right now, like this Christmas is like... We are each other's nuclear, nuclear family. family. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's so nice. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's such a high pressure time of year. I mean, it's so romanticised. Every aspect of it is romanticised. In some ways, it's nice to like lean into the festivities of it. Mm, there's yeah, so much yeah. pressure to get everything right. Like, um, both. I mean, at my uni house, we have a, a Christmas tree that's two feet tall. Like, it's shorter than a child. My mine tries. Um, and it's very cute. But then there's the pressure of getting like. I mean, our tree looks teeny weeny. It's yeah. still really cute, but there's the pressure of that. There's the pressure of presents, especially this year. Like I think already they, they give quite a lot of pressure. Yeah. But then when you add the fact that like the postal service is so slow, you're mm. having to post them, which is expensive, and then they might not make it to people, rightly or wrongly, and I have my own thoughts on like how a lot of adults view Christmas, but that's just my personal opinion, <laughs> and it's someone who's never that's celebrated just, Christmas. That's just my opinion. It's just me. Um, sassy sip of my tea. Yeah, it's very important to a lot of people, and it's sort of one of those things I feel like at the moment where it's like it's about Christmas, but it's not about Christmas because everyone's so tired from like a year inside. And you know, Christmas would have just been a lovely way to end the Mm. year with COVID behind us, spending it together. That's kind of the rhetoric that we were fed all year, isn't it? To keep going to Christmas, keep going, keep going. And then just before, like everyone does their Christmas shopping in person out in the shops. And then just before Christmas, the government says that things are closing. I mean, everyone's heard enough about this. Like, I don't want to go on about it. But I just, yeah, if anyone is struggling this Christmas, I feel like, how how can we expect ourselves to feel completely fine in this sort of scenario? Like, there are only a few people who are probably, like, enjoying it. Like, I think a majority of people, whatever your situation, that is struggling. Yeah. I was listening to the podcast by Stand Alone, which is a charity for adults who are estranged from their families, which kind of starts from, like, students at university and older. And they were just saying... It was from, like, a couple of years ago, so it wasn't really COVID-relevant. But they were just exploring, like, how they have come to, like, reclaim their Christmas... And I think that's a really nice way to think about it. Like they were talking about going on holiday to somewhere sunny, feeling good because they would see a lot of their friends back home on Facebook, like having arguments with their family. And then they'd be like, oh, just going into the sea now, like going to the beach. And I guess that it's hard this year because there isn't really the option of of going elsewhere to reclaim it. But yeah, I think the idea of reclaiming Christmas is really important, especially as queer people and spending it with... um, a chosen family, um, or your chosen nuclear family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, like, it. that doesn't have to be in person because yeah. it's, like, very... We're very privileged that, obviously, you travelled before the new mm. restrictions. You know, a lot of people can't be in person this year, but in communication with, with their family is, is very important and, and within that, the, the queer community and within their queer family. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's an incredibly, like, simplistic view to think that everybody has a family to spend Christmas with. In that podcast I was listening to um, by Standalone, it said about 60% of people don't spend Christmas with their family. Even if it's possible to. Sometimes you just don't want to Some people do don't. That. Yeah, yeah, you, no. don't, you don't want to spend time with your family. You can't spend time with your family. It's not safe to. Christmas is constructed around the like family as a central thing, mm-hmm. and you can you can make that for yourself, um, which I think is important. Definitely. Um, yeah, and creating your own traditions and moving away from like the consumerist traditions. Yeah. Um, creating something that's really meaningful for you, I think, because yeah, we are sold such a um, sold such an image of it, and it's built up so much in people's 
minds and then I don't know if like I don't know if that's just like me personally but I don't think I've ever had a Christmas that like hasn't hasn't included like the most awkward conversations of my entire life <laughs> like, it's, it's not fun just like a lower level tension I imagine I mean I've yeah. never had a family Christmas but mm. like I imagine it's just like a bit awkward there's a stereotype of Christmas being like an awkward time or like oh there's always an argument at Christmas that's like isn't it like the most caused dismaritons in the whole year it's like Christmas, Christmas day or day. something like yeah. that and like alcohol feeds into it and I feel like we're painting Christmas as a very negative thing right now yeah but I'm very excited I think the thing the point we're trying to make <laughs> yeah, is yeah. that it's not simple and you are not strange for not having the stereotypical family home to go home to have always lived in the same home have christmas every year like that's incredibly rare yeah um all of all of the elements of that are incredibly rare and you know even if you have that kind of setup it's you're still not safe from from potential arguments from potential difficult christmas and i think that what people are probably feeling this year is missing things and and a loss and a lack of things but really I think the only way to navigate this particular Christmas is just to make it different and accept that it is going to be different yeah I think that maybe we aren't the best people to kind of direct people who are used to like a traditional Christmas on how to spend it but I feel like certain things will help everyone yeah you know things like just do do the things that are right for you um later on we're going to talk a bit about our tips for that why don't we talk a bit about our dream queer Christmas? I'm glad you asked, Amber. Tell yeah. us. So my idea for this was like a sort of like a um, those dream like dinner parties. Oh yeah. Which the idea of a dinner party is so wild to me. Like imagine owning a home or like having a home with like a, a dining. Yeah. Imagine space. a table. Imagine have owning a table that wasn't that's... like sticky or like gross because you're a student. Yeah. I can't imagine. Like we literally had to. Um, we cleaned our entire uni kitchen the other day and we had to sandpaper the table to wow. make it less sticky. It was so gross. That's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so my dream dinner party or like Christmas event is all going to be veggie and vegan so I can eat things. Because nice. That's good. Because I have to miss out on things like pudding. Miss ice cream, basically. Or you just make yourself unwell with it. Yeah, or I make myself choice. ill. Sometimes I do. Mm. do and then Risk I... assessment vibes. Exactly. Sort of yeah. Um, <laughs> every meal so like a nice little feast that I can enjoy with everybody and this year my housemate made this like Wellington thing I was very good so that um I'd get her in obviously I mean she's invited and you're gonna be invited me yeah you oh, that's nice I know and then I'm thinking some dream guests not that you're a dream not a dream not guest. a dream but the more um, dream yeah I want Audrey Lord there oh I know yes. a little conversation I want yeah so there will be more people also that I've... Than just, like, people that you fancy. Yeah, they'd be, okay. like, intellectuals, you know? It's not going to be, like, a pimp situation. No, I'm where not. Where you're, like, sat in the middle with, like, shades and a fur coat yeah, and you're, like, like, come to me. Um, What about you? What's your dream? Um, My dream queer Christmas would be what I wanted to do this year, to be honest, which is, like, a little cosy cottage somewhere that it's snowing. Mm. You know, like, a place that it just snows all year or something? Or, like, at least snows out of the time of or at least like Scotland or something yeah Yeah. honestly just with friends with chosen family Mm. with like queer friends 
with lots of yummy food, with a Christmas dinner. Oh, with what would your dinner be? All of the trimmings, roast, stodge. I'm very vibes. glad that you're not one of those weird people that's like, no Yorkshire's with my. Christmas I just don't dinner. understand that. Why would you deny yourself? It's to mop up the gravy. My dream is to have one in in, uh, in a Yorkshire. I think my my favourite pudding is bread and butter pudding. I would say, or sticky toffee pudding, something warm with custard, essentially. I mean, this is a dream. I'd have them all. I'd yeah, have all there's of no, them. there's no being full. Melt in the mill chocolate pudding. Well, if there's no being full, then just yeah, all Everything, of them. All yeah. of them, yeah. Mm. One of those chocolate mountains, like a chocolate fountain thing with like a strawberries to dip. Making up stories, reading, and just having a fun time. And you know what? Manifesting 2021 Christmas, that's what's going to happen. We're going to stay in that cottage, loads of queer family, lots of food. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. Yeah, that's yeah. my my dream queer Christmas. I have spent most of this year on Airbnb scoping out. You can stay in a castle for like really cheap. I didn't realise. I've been the on turret. Airbnb and Rightmove. I feel like Rightmove is a bit more ambitious than Airbnb because it's like... Or like I'm, moving. I'm like moving there. Yeah. <laughs> I will live in turret. <laughs> I, I, I will be Archie from Balamori. Oh, I will yeah. be him. Archie from Balamori, famous non-binary... <laughs> I can't. Um, yeah. Sorry, I shouldn't have laughed so loud. <laughs> I just love him. Okay, so now we've talked about our dream queer Christmas. Um, Robin, I was wondering whether you had any tips on how to make Christmas good, fun, enjoyable. This this kind of festive period, not just Christmas, but like. Oh, the crimbo limbo. The crimbo limbo. The crimbo limbo. I think the key... I think that um, a lot of this year has actually felt like the crimbo limbo, you know, when you don't know what Oh my god, is. that's what this year's yeah, been, it's yeah. It's just a, a whole 365 days of crimbo limbo. In my mind, especially with, like, clothes and stuff, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to dress up very fancy for Christmas. Oh, nice. Nice um, tip, yeah. Where I'm doing, like, a suit. A suit deal. Suit and turtleneck kind of situation lovely um suit and tur- turtleneck that's that's yeah. fancy that's sort of art exhibition exactly my work sort I think of vibes that, but also making sure that you have some nice comfies to be in mm-hmm. because especially eating the food um not keeping that suit on all day i will be in my joggers i mean yeah if you're on your own or whatever just like have a feast why not put in tupperware for next day having a sandwich as a, a, roast, a roast sandwich is a beautiful beautiful um, I all of the roast components go great between two slices of your doorstep yeah. white bread, mm, you know, beautiful. anything in there, mm. potato, parsnip, carrot, bit of gravy, sauce whatever, sauce. cheese. You could even mm. make it into a toasty. Oh my god, a roasty, could, a roasty, toasty. a roasty toasty. Okay, <laughs> step aside, prep. Um, make make it into a Yorkshire. Whack your roast in it. Wrap it. Yeah, and if anyone listening to the podcast has ever successfully located a vegan Yorkshire pudding recipe, please get back to me. The biggest thing for us in this um, period has been watching queer films. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Which admittedly was like driven by like a, a want to research the podcast, but also just a real need to like bathe ourselves in queer content. And we have some lovely recommendations. Most were released this year, some Yeah, a, a decent amount, yeah. most of them. Yeah, like we should explain, this podcast was meant to be way earlier than it's been, totally focused on queer Christmas films. 
don't know why we were under the illusion that like loads of queer Christmas films existed. We were innocent and hopeful. We were just like, oh my god, it's going to be loads. We're going to be like the oracle of Christmas films. If you want a queer Christmas film, come to us, look no further. You know, like opening our jackets, like here are the queer Christmas films. We got you covered. And actually, um, we've not got a lot to show for ourselves in that front. I mean, Robin, explain what happened. Well... If anyone has ever Googled queer Christmas film, they know they know already. Mm. We did not know. Well, I kind, of, I kind of knew, but not how sparse. It's a barren land. Um, don't exist. Don't don't they exist. do it's just they're just not the best. I mean, no no shade. Like I'm very grateful for them existing, but grateful for the crumbs at the table. But they just um, weren't they weren't the one. We we tried with a couple guys, and we do have a couple of recommendations for crisp queer Christmas films on this list of queer films to watch over the period but honestly mostly it's just like queer Christmas queer films and like making it Christmas Eve yourself sort yeah. of thing like the cozy we're going for like a cozy, cozy. vibe especially people who don't don't celebrate Christmas a cozy period yeah that's true too um but yeah uh the thing is we know that Christmas films aren't always great and even the good ones aren't great but they're, they're camp well this is this is the issue it's it's I mean I don't want to go as far as to say all Christmas films ever have been appropriating queer culture. Um, but do I want to sort of say that? I do. I think it's a sweeping statement, but I think it's one that you can make. I mean, I just feel this like decorations podcast. are queer. Yeah. I mean, I know I queer everything, but just like the campness. Yeah. A lot of the time it's quite queer or it could very easily be queer. Yeah. Um, but obviously, you know, historically, and we're talking like very, very recently as well, like there's there's just been so much homophobia and even now things are getting better it's also just a case of like they're not necessarily being a market I mean there is obviously a huge queer market but like I don't know there's just this really strange thing where queer people have been having to watch straight films since their literal whole life definitely watch queer Christmas films and watch queer films in general it takes away from the the crux of many um films with cis-het couples in which is I am a man and you are a woman and we have no chemistry but we will be together (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're the puzzle to my piece but what is it about Christmas films that that literally like it just kills all chemistry chemistry (laughs) like even in Happiest Season which we'll get on to um sorry I've forgotten her name Kristen Stewart Kristen Stewart they just get it wrong sometimes with Christmas yeah. films. They get the chemistry wrong, and that that's not exclusively straight films, but I do get what you're saying. It's like sort of very much a trope of like by the end of the film I'm usually just like, sorry, why are you together? Like why? was that was that the happy ending? Because I was hoping they would like run off with his money and like buy a boat and just like sail off into the sunset on their own. But okay, they're together. Yeah, it's just it's just perplexing, I think, most of the time. I don't know if it's because I I don't understand cis men. It's acting. It's about what what's good on screen, what looks good together. And I think the assumption for a long time, especially like around Christmas films, has been like these two people look good together. These are what people should look like together. And it's mm. like, do they have chemistry? Because I'm feeling really awkward, and he's saying a lot of problematic things right now. And why are they not just like with another woman and or just also, like on their own, like like Christmas films or any like well, they're usually romantic and like a romantic film. I never have any idea who the main guy is. So yeah, we're basically just calling for what essentially will probably sell really well, which is just like films with people in, with chemistry. 
like regardless of gender, sexuality, people in films across gender spectrums, across sexuality spectrums that just it's it's believable. There's chemistry, real life conversations happen, it works instead of this thing that we've almost been taught is aspirational, which actually when you think about it and interrogate a lot of films and especially around like the festive period and like spending Christmas together, you're like, oh my God, I would hate to be them. Yeah. And like, I would hate to be having that Christmas. But like, we've been sold the idea that you want it. Yeah, I think that it just needs allies particularly to buy into queer Christmas films. Christmas films aren't supposed to be like Oscar worthy. Don't go into expecting like the best <laughs> film ever. Yeah. But like, you might have, you might find a film that you love regardless. They just need to be, it's, it's about it being fun. And mm. moving on to Happiest Season as the queer Christmas film, I think that everyone has watched. Of the year, yeah. yeah. Like, we felt like we, we definitely had to watch that yeah. and, and, like, talk about it. Robin, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I think Happiest Season was... It, I think it, it, like, tried to do a lot of things. Mm. Um, It was, like, fun in places, which, like I said, is what I look for in a Christmas film, because, like, realistically speaking, they're not going to be the most like well constructed plot apart from Love Actually, which is Love Actually is masterful. Iconic. Um has aged questionably, however mm. still masterful. Um yeah, so I think it was missing some of the fun in places and also I'm just gonna go on the assumption that most people have watched it. Spoilers if you haven't Yeah, um, we'll leave times below. Yeah. I would definitely watch it. I really, I, I enjoyed it overall, I think. Mm. But yeah, I think that there's like an interesting and important conversation around it to be had. And yeah, go ahead. What did you think? Yeah, I think that the, the, the representation of their relationship and also the idea of being closeted or going back into the closet touched on a lot of very, I guess, like traumatic themes for a lot of queer people. I yeah. think the way it was handled wasn't the best but I think that um their relationship I do not know the characters names so we're going to refer to them as Mackenzie and Kristen, Kristen because I just and Aubrey and Aubrey the holy trinity <laughs> of the happy season yeah I just think their relationship was very odd and mm. they somehow made Mackenzie Davis the straightest person ever I think there's a lot of ways to read happiest season mm. And critically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I am definitely not like well versed in like Christmas films. Hashtag didn't watch them till I was like twenty three. I think that maybe the straightness is like because she's been so kind of repressed and closeted. Mm -hmm. You know, she does have to appear on the outside is like the perfect daughter of like, I mean, I don't know what position her father is in. It's kind of like an MP sort of vibe or like just like a mayor. I don't really know what they would be called. Um, and I think that that kind of, the, the trauma of that, like having to go home for Christmas, desperately wanting to bring a partner back, but it not being allowed. And so like you have to pretend that you're friends or something is is very relatable probably for a lot of people. Um, regardless of a kind of economic situation, not everyone's dad is a mayor. Um, but like we just wanted a bit of fun, and instead we just got kind of a bit of a trauma film, a um, bit of trauma porn, a bit of trauma porn. I mean, in in parts it was really good. Mm -hmm. I loved. Was it Dan Levy? Levy? Yeah, the, the gay actor. Guy. 
he he was he was great in it and his character was really great and and no spoilers for the end but was just like yeah, just but, a great character I thought yeah but also kind of a stereotype and also wasn't developed at all I just feel like I sort of left the film like not really caring what happened to them oh I didn't give a shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like there were no there were I I'm a very emotional person when I'm watching films yeah like I'm all to look over and I'm like yeah sad crying sad but like times. it just wasn't it just didn't get invested yeah. I was like okay they're together then they're not together okay fine and then there was like that weird montage at the end where they were all happy which seemed like a I don't know it seemed to completely reduce what happened for the entire rest of the film essentially the film is like Kristen Stewart having a lot of trauma inflicted on her mm. because her girlfriend can't you know be open about the fact that they're together yeah it's just wasn't realistic and it was kind of the the point I think is that it centered the trauma of the Christmas season and what we really want is yeah. the fun of the Christmas it's... season I mean the trauma exists everyone knows that for yeah. queer people it's it's a heartbreaking time for a lot of people. It's a rarity and an amazing thing. If you if you do have a great relationship with your parents and you're queer and you can go home for Christmas and it's all lovely like that, um, reality is that's not the case for a lot of people. Yeah. And we understand that. And there are a lot of films that deal with that, but it's a Christmas film. But then I wonder, would it have been realistic if it had been the opposite? If it had just been like... Everything was fine. A romantic, go home for Christmas, everything's mm. great. But then that's the case for straight Christmas films, you know. That it's romanticized for them. But yeah. then do we want it's it's a it's a common narrative as in like of trauma and upset at Christmas and mm-hmm. not being able to go home to your family. And I just think the the writing was a bit clunky. Yeah. And um some of the jokes didn't quite land. But I think that's the case for Christmas films. Yeah, sometimes that's sort of intentional, but it just didn't yeah. really feel it. Also, Kristen Stewart just does serious so well. But I think she was great in it because it was quite serious at yeah. points. And also, sort of um, going back on the point that we made before, she and Mackenzie Davis did not have any chemistry. No, she had amazing chemistry with Aubrey, mm, like exactly, Aubrey yeah. Plaza, but that wasn't what it was ended about. up happening. Yeah, which so was very sad. Because yeah, the ending should always be that someone ends up with Aubrey Plaza. She's not just like side ho. Yeah, she's like she's the main event. She's a plot device which she should never be reduced to and I think that's the sad message of the film really. That's the problem I have. Yeah. All of that makes you probably not want to watch it. I would watch it personally if you're in a good place to with like kind of queer family trauma around Christmas but I would just Mm. be aware that like if it's being painted as oh my god amazing queer film of the year it's like no, the queer Christmas films really exist. You know, it's a Christmas film. It's like a little bit fun. Yeah, it's fun in parts. Mm. It's got a lovely ending. Is it believable? Well, has it not got a lovely I feel end? like the ending wasn't good. <laughs> well, it wasn't good, but it was... The like, ending was like... Family together. It wasn't like catastrophic. No, images. actually the ending was bad though because it was just like writing over all of the trauma that yeah, happened to Christian. Kristen Stewart needs to get the fuck out. Yeah, we want to protect and save Kristen Stewart. Okay, so we were slightly disappointed in the selection of queer Christmas films this Mm. year. However, we did watch a lot of lovely queer films and we wanted to give you a few recommendations. They're very cosy. You can snuggle up with your chosen family or friends or, Mm. you know. Yeah, just like grab a blanket Mm. Like, a few that we've loved across the year and then, like, a few that we've watched over the last, kind of, yeah. week or so. 
We really have, like, we've watched, like, so many. We've watched movies. quite a few films, which is strange because we would normally not be able to sit through yeah, the entire it's film. It's like the combined attention span of a flea. I just, I can't, like, I literally have to walk after, like, 20 minutes. But some of these, we've genuinely sat through, like, the whole thing. Yeah, and not even, I mean, I'm very bad at going on my phone during things and just being on Twitter. Yeah, so, Amber, do you want to start us off with one of your recommendations that we have a little chat about it? Yeah, I think it's good to mention the festive one first, which would be Carol. Yeah. People have probably seen, but if not, amazing film. Kate Blanchett, Rooney Mara. It's just a lovely... Sarah Paulson. Yeah. Nice film. Just happens to be set at Christmas, so you get Rooney Mara. Neradorva little elf-esque. Santa vibe. Get up. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's really cosy, and it's a really nice watch, and it's beautifully shot. Yeah, if you're a slut for period um, decor, costume, and setting like me. Yeah, the costume is amazing, actually. It is really, really good. How about you, Robin? What what kind of films have you been into? Over this period of time, we watched a film called Summerland, which I really, really, really like. Yeah, so it's set in um, World War II. It stars Gemma Arterton, and she sent an evacuee. Um, She's like, I don't want a kid. She's very hostile. And then she's yeah. like classic heart softening, warming to the child mm. and like taking care of him. And it's very wholesome. And, and um, she's also queer. Yeah, she's also queer. And there's a, I don't want to spoil the plot. It's such a nice, it's such a beautiful film. I think that um it's very uh surreal in quite a lot of its aspects. Like it's, she's a scientist. Yeah. The things that she's researching are based on like folklore and um, which is quite queer, I think. Yeah, she's researching the kind of physical phenomena that could mm. potentially be used to explain, like, when people see things, like a mirage, or, yeah. like, they see something and they think, oh, my God, that's definitely there, when actually it's, like, a trick of the light or something, mm. and she's, like, yeah. a scientist exploring the trick of the light that, like, leads people to develop folklore, which is so interesting. It is really interesting. Um, yeah, just, like, a great, a great cosy watch, I think. Um, it has it has a, a good ending, Yeah, which is quite rare i think for queer films sometimes it warms it warms you you know yeah and great outfits too it appealed to my chaotic nature like Jenna yeah. martin's outfits were so she was wild. just she just had things in her hair basically yeah which is your vibe but i yeah exactly i loved it like lots of waistcoats and like little scarves and yeah just like really high waist yeah, and also like, like 50s 40s like vibe living in a cottage on the beach and being called the witches and l- being alone is literally our future is so. queer culture mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's also kind of flashbacks and exploring her love and mm. we won't say any more to spoil yeah. it but um it's queer and it's I guess about the the view of kind of queerness through the eyes of the innocent eyes of a child Mm. and um I think that's always quite nice to see because it just reminds us kind of how how entrenched in our society like homophobia is and actually how it's just in the most innocent in in the most innocent way is is just like so beautiful so Mm. it was really lovely to see that perspective I, I personally really love that tree and also subverting the idea of like a nuclear family, I don't know why I keep using that phrase, subverting the idea of a nuclear family and yeah. also giving queer people a, a, ch- a chance at having a family. Because it was kind of chosen family. Yeah. It was actually all around chosen family, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Film. Yeah. Yeah, Gemma Arterton also starred in Vita and Virginia, 
which we also watched, which is about Virginia Woolf and Vita Sackville-West, which I would recommend. Yeah, it was just a great portrayal of their relationship and Elizabeth Debicki plays Virginia. I think it did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's another um, sort of historical piece, which I quite like in terms of queerness because it shows that we have always existed. Yeah, I think it was ultimately like one of those amazing queer films where the queerness was explored and there was like a sex scene and it was really well done and it wasn't like hidden but equally I feel like it was an exploration of mental health ultimately like Virginia's mental health and you know her hallucinations and kind of the things that she's seeing were really well constructed on the screen um was very like blue and gray and it kind of reflected how you feel when you're in that kind of underwater mental state which I feel like she talked about quite a lot and and she felt definitely and how Vita was kind of an exuberant exciting person but underneath it all was quite self-conscious and kind of yeah like loved Virginia but like struggled to commit and that kind of thing um yeah I I think like definitely one for a watch I I don't know I feel like it was one of my favorite films I've seen this year actually yeah um Mm. it was quite understated but it was really beautifully done sort of reminded me of Portrait of a Lady on Fire in its kind of colouring and the score as well the music who Mm. was it that did um, it's Isabel Wallbridge. Music was beautiful, and yeah, in, this, in a kind of similar way to um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, the music was lovely. The kind of focus on setting, mm-hmm. returning to kind of certain settings. Um, you can visit there, and there's kind of like a little exhibit or something on like LGBTQ plus history at Knoll House, um, which obviously is mainly about. Virginia and Vita, as far as I'm aware. Vita's husband was also queer, and how yeah. that worked, how that part of their relationship worked, which I don't know too much about, but it's an interesting history. Yeah. And, I like and also, like, the gender aspects as well mm. with Orlando, and how yeah. that text is inspired heavily by Vita. Mm-hmm. You know, Virginia Woolf wrote Orlando, and, yeah, apparently was yeah. very much inspired by Vita. So. I just find, like, yeah, the um the queer history of it so interesting. And mm. also the way they portrayed the letters was um they are republishing the letters between Vita and Virginia, which um I think they're quite famous, like ex- excerpts of them are quite famous. And it will make like a nice queer present as well mm, for Exactly. If anyone like is looking for a nice present, I think yeah, when that book is published that would be lovely. Loved that, Vita and Virginia, and also Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Okay, so are there any final recommendations that you have for us, Amber? In terms of films I watched Pride for the first time ever this year, but yeah, I'd never seen it before, and if you have never seen Pride, just watch it. It's literally got everyone in. I was watching it with my housemate, and he was like, (laughs) everyone's in this, and it's true, Um, but it's just lovely. Um, Everyone is is so accessible. It's so fun. Um, I just honestly feel like everyone would enjoy it. Great music, a great storyline, kind of really weaves a few different important things that were going on in like the 1980s yeah. um the mining crisis the aids crisis um treatment of queer people treatment of um, the working classes kind of thatcherism and and homophobia and how the there's power in people uniting um and the kind of the well would you say coalition i don't know that the kind of yeah i'd say like a the the union yeah the united yeah the solidarity the solidarity between um the miners and 
the case. Yeah, and I think, well, I cry like every time that I watch it. I've watched it many, many times and I cry like... It's just so wonderful. It never gets old. Yeah. And Dominic West is like my biggest crush. So I still need to learn that dance routine. Yeah. It's so iconic. Um, He's just gorgeous and I just love that dance routine. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like that's a good film to end on um because it's just exciting and hopeful and yeah it will definitely comfort you in this strange crimbo limbo crimbo limbo. it's it's the fun that it's the fun that we all need Mm. and there's the music is great so yeah and it's gay and it's gay so i guess that brings us to the close of our christmas episode we hope that you all have a wonderful festive period Um, If you're struggling, then you really aren't alone. And there's a highlights reel on our pod page for some resources. So yeah, you're not alone. And definitely reach out to us on our Instagram. It's fellas is it gay pod. Another mention that's important is there's some online queer events going on. Just a couple that we found. There's Queermas. Yeah, so um, Aquimus is being hosted by Club Kali um, on Christmas Day. And there's a quiz, a chit-chat, singing, and a lot of dancing. That's so sweet. Um, also, additionally, Queer House Party are hosting a Christmas Day rave from 8pm onwards mm-hmm. until late. So if you want a boogie, then you know where it'll be at. There's There's stuff going on. Also feel like there's a tendency between like Christmas and New Year just to like evaporate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can kind of be the temptation, but um maybe just like making your space nice and cozy yeah. so that you can really enjoy the restful period. Um and ultimately I think it's just helpful to to realise that like this year's been so difficult, but there are a lot of good things on the horizon in terms of kind of COVID and everything getting better. You know, 2021, we can really be hopeful for and this can be just a period of recuperation from the past year and planning what you'd like to do with your 2021, honestly, and just kind of having having a, having a chill, reading, watching films. Um, as Robin said earlier, dressing snazzy as well. Doesn't have to just be Christmas Day, New Year's as well. Yeah dress up do it just for yourself um or zoom with your friends or whatever you're doing and i would also like to say please send in a picture of your snazzy outfits or even your pajamas if that's what you're wearing we're making the hashtag happen guys fellas is it gay to get dressed or fellas is it gay to get dressed on On christmas Christmas. this is too long (laughs) just fellas is it gay to get dressed um and show us your christmas outfits i would love to see them um and lastly what we were talking about earlier just envision your your queer christmas for the future for next year what you want to be doing who you want to be with manifest tell us about it talk to us about it um and yeah before we know it will be there and this will be behind us and we'll be having many lovely christmases ahead so we hope that you enjoyed the episode and we hope that you have a wonderful festive period yeah well thank you for listening everybody thank you take care of yourselves